Hello and welcome everyone. My name is David Greenwald with Linus Lifestyle University and today I have a very special guest on the phone with me. She's a student of mine and her name is Charlene Washington and she's from California. She recently made an incredible journey and I've uh, asked her to be interviewed and she's agreed to be interviewed so she can tell us about this journey. So welcome to the call Charlene. Thank you. Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? How old are you? Well, I'm uh, 62 next month, and a mother of seven, all adults now, thank goodness. Recently overweight, I would say now I'm, um, I'm feeling a lot better about that, but have been overweight really for um, most of my adult life. Okay, so you're 62, you're a mom of seven, uh, you've been overweight a good part of your life, and so you've decided at some point that you were going to make this incredible trip on a bicycle, and I want you to really tell it instead of me, but what gave you this idea? What was the trip? What is this thing that we're going to be talking about today? How did you initially get the idea? And, you know, let's just kind of come at that first. All right. Well, I, I started biking about four years ago. Um was actually kidnapped by one of my children who led me to believe it was going to be a much shorter ride. And when I finished um, what was a 25-mile ride, I thought, wow, I, I was able to ride my bike 25 miles. And um, from there, I decided I was going to start commuting to work, which was eight miles each way. And I found that was pretty doable and um, and quite enjoyable. And I started participating in other bike events and, and um, learned I really liked the long rides. I liked um, 50, 60-mile rides because you really get out and get to see things. And I uh, started reading bike blogs. Um, you know, here I was, uh, never really did any of this, and, and I really needed to, to learn about, you know, what kind of bike to get and all kinds of things. And um, in reading around, I discovered a, a group of women who were riding their bikes from um, New Orleans to Niagara Falls um, and followed along with them and thought, wow, that would be really cool. And I started looking into other um, trips like that and and made a decision that I was going to ride across the United States. Well, to do that, I knew, um, you know, people worry about how many ounces their bike weighs, and I was, uh, you know, about 100 pounds overweight. And I can tell you, when you go up over the hills, um, having a big fanny pack <laughs> handicap makes a lot of difference. And so I knew I really wanted to lose weight so I could, I could, um, this would be a lot more fun. Okay, so four years ago, basically at the age of 58, if I'm doing my math right, is Correct. when you were in, introduced kind of to biking and, Ran, rode your first kind of 25 miles and uh, said, you know what, I, I really enjoyed it. And then you started riding to work and it, it's you found that the longer ride you enjoyed even more. Um, and then it, it started to develop, got on the blogs, started reading some more, started learning some more and found some of these lo really long distance rides. And you ran across this group that, or you heard of or saw this group that uh, had rode or had planned to ride from literally from California to where, like all the way across the country from where to where? Dip, dip our, our back tires in the water in the Pacific in San Diego and then ride all across the United States through the lower um, portion 
uh, and dip our front tires in the Atlantic in St. Augustine, Florida. Wow. Wow. Um, is there a, besides just doing it, besides the amazing accomplishment of this, is there a reason for this? I don't mean individually, but I mean, are they doing it as a part of a charity or are these, is it just a group of people that just want to just expand well, their horizons or why are, why are people doing this? The group I rode with, there were a few people who were doing individual fundraisers for Make-A-Wish or for um, Alzheimer's awareness, that sort of thing. But um, it was really up to us to decide why we wanted to do it. And for me, um, you know, I've raised kids. I got married young. I, I've never really done something big. And for me, I just wanted to do something that nobody else had done, um, you know, something that um, would make me feel special and um, stand out in some way because I, you know, I've watched my kids accomplish. I've watched my husband stand out in his career, but I never really had anything for me. And I wanted something big for me. And hey, I had to pick something nobody else I knew had done, or or otherwise I would just be like everybody else. Yeah, that's amazing. And and uh, who could argue, you know, on the deserving aspect of it? Oh my gosh, you know. Besides, you've got you're the mother of seven, but you've got a husband. So really, you're the mother of eight, because That's anybody true. who's married has a you know <laughs> you've got a husband to raise as well. But anyway, giving and giving and giving and giving for thirty years, forty years, you know, um, it, it was time. So that's that. Oh, that's that's so cool to hear. So you had mentioned that you know you were hundred pounds overweight, and so if you're going to make this journey from San Diego to St. Augustine, Florida, um. I know from our discussions that you had decided that while it could be done, I suppose, 100 pounds overweight, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. You had decided you wanted to get at least some off prior to beginning. What's the time frame on that? Like, when did you start working with me? When did you start losing weight? And what happened with your weight uh, prior to leaving San Diego? Well, when I first started, when I first committed to the tour in 2012, I thought if I ramped up my cycling, I would lose weight. And so um, I think in that calendar year, I rode over 3,000 miles and thought, wow, with all the calories I'm burning, I should really be losing a lot of weight. And I lost maybe 10 or 15 pounds. And, um, you know, from that, um, I, I learned before I ever read your words, you can't out, outrun what you eat. Um, I kind of thought myself that I had to do more than get more physically active. I really had to, to focus on on the food. Um, and I looked to people I saw who were successful um, and asked them what they were doing. And one person in particular um I had been reading uh, Jamie the Coop Keeper's blog and had seen her lose weight. And she shared um, read her blog, how she did it with um, University. And so I looked into that and and uh, really liked what I saw and was encouraged that this was the thing I needed. Okay, great, great. So in uh, in reading uh you know Jamie's blog um you got a feel for you know what Lean's Lifestyle University was about and this was in uh, 2012 so i think your uh, your journey beginning in San it was Diego really, it, it was really like 2013 <laughs> i think oh, okay. a, a year ago a year ago june i discovered uh, your blog 
your your okay. your website. Okay, so in June of 2013, you you uh, discovered Linus Lifestyle University. So, how much time did you have then between then and the start of your journey, your bike journey? Uh, less less than a year. Um, uh, I I jumped right on it as soon as I saw the uh, deadline was approaching for enrolling in the in the July group. I I uh, got got connected and uh, really got focused uh, right away because I knew what? by by uh, by January I had you know I had to be ready you know I had I had mm. like the trip started in March I had nine months but you know I had to commit with money in January. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So the, yeah, the trip your trip beginning in San Diego was in March, but you had to commit with money in January. So you started with me in July. And so what happened with your weight? You started where, and then where did you begin your bike journey? What weight? Um, I originally was at 235. When I started with um, Lena's Lifestyle, I was about 214. And um, I think by the time I started my trip in March, I weighed about 172 or so. So, you know, that difference in weight made a significant difference in, in uh, me feeling like I could be successful. Yeah, it's because, you know, by then you had dropped down, uh, you know, 63 pounds from where you started and, and you were 42-ish pounds for, since uh, starting Lean's Lifestyle University. So uh, that's a that's a whole different animal climbing on that bicycle at 172 compared to 235. Exactly, exactly. Especially, you know, hauling that weight up over the Continental Divide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, you start reading on these blogs and you see that people are trying to shave off ounces off their bicycle. Exactly. Um, Who cares yeah. about carbon fiber when, you know, when you have a big <laughs> fanny pack? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the built-in fanny pack. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you started in San Diego March 5th. Correct. Well, the 7th. 7th. March 7th. Okay. And how do you begin this journey? What's Is there anything ceremonial? What happens? Oh, yeah. We, we all ride our bikes down to the, to the Pacific Ocean at Dog Beach and uh, dip our back tire in, in the water. Kind of uh, the back tire. Uh, and then we head forward up over the, the hills, and who would have thought, you know, some of the harder hills we were going to hit were right right out of San Diego. I just think yeah. beach when I think San Diego, but uh, there's hills there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, in in reading your blog, uh, you know, we can chat a little bit more about that at 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 uh, a later time. But it seems like there's just hills almost everywhere. <laughs> just uh, yes. Hills. <laughs> yes. It, 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 even when you get to the end and you think it's flat, there's still hills. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're about to begin, um, and I'm going to be kind of a little bit all over the map here in my questions, but that's okay. How many? So how many people began this journey? Uh, there were 29 of us. Um, we had a 29 women, um, all women, ranging in age from the late 50s to a couple in their 70s. Oh wow! So everybody was at least 50. Yeah, you know. To have that kind of time, you either need to be retired or have no, you know, children encumbrances. So my particular group, you know, I chose a group that was all women and people who would be, I felt, my peers. 
Sure, sure. Oh, that's okay, cool. So that's the people that are writing. There's got to be some kind of support. You know, you've got to eat somehow. You've got to drink somehow. You've got to make sure that, my gosh, what if somebody gets hurt? What What's involved? What kind of support is involved all in uh, for this type of uh, trip? In our group, we had a guide um, who's also a woman. And we had two of the people who were riding um, were took turns being SAG, which is support and gear. So they drove a little Subaru that would meet up with us every 20 miles to make sure we had water and snacks. Um, we also have a van that the guide drives that pulls a trailer that carries our luggage so we don't have to carry our own um, clothes and stuff across. Um, and, in, and then there's a, in the trailer in the back half is a, a kitchen um, set up and we have a, a chef who travels with us and fixes our our dinner on the nights we ride, and she also will supplement breakfast from the from the hotel breakfast if it's necessary. So um, that's you know that's our food, our food and our our support. Okay, so you've got and these people. I mean, these people obviously they have to be with you, you know, the entire way. Right. Every you know all along the way. How instrumental were they in the pros and cons of the trip? Well, um, the guide was great because she uh, she had done the ride herself, and she would ride with us on, uh, part of the time. Um, she and the, the chef would take turns driving the van. So um, you knew that you were with somebody who who was experienced and knew it could be done. And uh, she was also very encouraging and, and uh, uh, knowledgeable about bike repair too. We so, you know, had a few problems, and I did had I had some problems. Um, she could help you troubleshoot and uh, you know make sure you get to a bike shop and get things fixed. Uh, so that that was helpful. Um, we had problems with with food. Um, you know, they asked us for a, a, a surveyed us before the trip. You know, what were our food requirements? And of course, you know, I was very in what I was doing because I was trying to eat OSM, um, uh, clean, uh, healthy, unprocessed food, and so I made it clear from the get-go what what my what my needs were, um, and um, it didn't you know it didn't always happen. Um, sometimes the choices were not good. In fact, when they set out snack table the very first day, I. I took a picture of it and posted it on the on the Facebook page for our Leanness group um, and said, you know, what would you pick? Because there was nothing there I was willing to take as a snack, nothing. Um, so I made suggestions. You know, I wanted uh, carrots, uh, wanted more fresh fruit, um, things that were real, not processed. And, um, um, you know, so changes were made. Um, one thing that really helped me was um, you uh, ha- had me listen to a, a, an interview that you did with a with woman who had done a, a long-distance run, endurance run, and um, learning how she fueled herself in that kind of event um, using the concepts that, that you teach about eating real food. 
really helped me. You know, I decided I wasn't going to do uh, Gatorade. I wasn't going to do goo, power bars, that kind of thing. And, you know, so what, what are my alternatives and how am I going to stay hydrated without Gatorade? You know, well, I ended up um, finding that what I liked and what worked for me was uh, having um, V8 juice at the, at the SAG stop. So I'd have a cold V8. Um, you know, I didn't eat all that stuff. Um, and, you know, we can do a lot more than we think we can um, with with eating right. You know, you don't need the sugar high. You don't need the car bloating, that sort of thing. You can really get a lot of performance out of just eating right. That Absolutely. Was, that, was, that was huge for me. And I was, other people would see, I, you know, in the very beginning, I, I probably was one of the slowest riders. And, um, was was even discouraged to the point in the first couple of days, like, wow, this is really hard and thinking maybe I should have signed up for a cruise. You know, this is, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But as time went on and, um, you know, I got stronger, um, it became obvious to other women in the group that, um, you know, I'm, I'm moving ahead. I'm, I'm passing them up every morning. And so people would start asking me, you know, what are you, what are you taking at the snack table? You know, what do you take um, at the SAG stops? What are you eating? What are you drinking? Because um, they could see that I was doing really well. And, uh, you know, I wasn't fueling myself with a donut and, you know, a, a burger and fries and then a pie for dessert. You know, that, that's, not, that's not what works. What works is eating real food, real lean protein, real vegetables and um, you know, it, it, it made a lot of difference for me. Well, thank you for that. And, and, you know, some people will be saying, well, you know, you know, how long was, was an average ride for the day? What, what kind of days did you have? So I'll just go ahead and ask you that. Cause if people may be thinking, well, you can, you can eat about anything if you're, you know, your rides are a short distance and, and, you know, you've got unlimited time to eventually, you know, reach your destination, but that really wasn't the case. So I'll just ask you, um, how many hours a day on average did you ride and what was your average speed if you know or you know how to go Well some days were short in miles uh, like I guess our shortest day might have been like 47 miles which may not seem short but those those short days were typically pretty hilly days um, uh, speed is hard to say because when you're doing hills you might be going 4 miles an hour <laughs> which is really slow Sure um but but typically we would be on the bike till maybe at least two in the afternoon. So starting at eight and, and riding till two. Um, there were days that were longer. We 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 had many many eighty to ninety mile days, uh, and we'd end um, four in the afternoon. Um, one day in particular was one hundred and seven, and I start we started as soon as the sun went up. And uh, I got pulled off the road when it got dark. Um, so, you know, the, the length of the ride, you know, typically in a bike ride now when I ride around on a weekend, I, I only take water. If I'm going to go for a 60-mile ride and be gone, uh, you know, I only take water. You don't need snacks. You don't need um, to supplement yourself in between. You're not working that hard. But on a long day, but you're on the bike all day, you've got to figure out, what am I going to do for lunch? Um, what am I going to have if I do get hungry? 
Um, you know, people were always worried about what they call bonking, which is when you've depleted your resources and you, your, your body just kind of like, I, I can't go on. Um, I've never experienced bonking, but I've seen other people do it on the ride. And those people who bonked were people, people who typically have their pastry for breakfast and they're, you know, um, not, you know, they're not fueling themselves with lean protein and, and vegetables and fruit. You know, they're the people who are trying to carb load because that puts you on a, a quick high that is quickly depleted. And, uh, you know, eating, eating right will, will get you past that. And carb loading really isn't the answer. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's really cool to hear, but it's, it's especially cool because, you know, you just covered the, if I'm not mistaken, the 3,100 miles, you know, and you actually were doing this and watching what people were doing. You're not yapping about it on some blog. You're not writing about it for some magazine. You were actually out there doing it, watching uh, others do what they do, you doing you do, knowing how you felt, watching how uh, they were uh, uh, performing, and uh, you're able to speak from that experience, and I just think that's that's worth its weight in gold. Well, one of the things I want to ask is, you had wrote on your blog, you said, I weighed my bags thinking I was fairly close to the 50-pound total limit. This was at the start. Only to discover I was 13 pounds over. It was difficult to edit, but I had to think important versus most important. And I thought that was really cool that you were bringing in a lesson that I teach into your journey. And it, at various points I saw in your in your blog and your communications, uh, the tying in and pulling in of, of some of our lessons I- I- into your journey. Um, and one of the things, you know, I'll let you comment on that too, but I'm just going to tie it right into this. It's been said that we must never lose sight nor waver from our goal, but we must be flexible throughout the process and the journey. And in your experience with this, with your journey, does does your experience support this advice that you've got to keep your sight on the goal, never waver from the goal, but you've got to be flexible throughout the process and the journey? Well, yes, because not everything goes as planned. You know, not everything is in your control. Um I know for me, um, that became really true with food. You know, we um, I, I didn't envision how remote where we were going would be. I, I've lived where I've always had a grocery store right at my fingertips, and I I thought, well, I can I can just you know go buy myself some some vegetables, you know, some carrots or broccoli, and I can pick up a lean, you know, a chicken breast or whatever if I feel like I need to along the way. Well, there's no store. There's no market. Um, So you have to figure out how you're going to modify or what you're going to be willing to do. Um, You know, I found for me, I I, I ordered some protein powders, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. You can have things sent to your hotel along the way. I ordered protein powder to be sent to a hotel so that I, I had access to something I was used to having. Um, I found when I did hit a Walmart, I'll buy some little pouches of uh, tuna um, and keep them in my bag so that if I felt like I wasn't getting enough protein, I, I had something you know that I could use. Um, you, you know, you just you you have to. Um, 
you have to go you have to go with the flow but you you know you have to, you have, still have to make choices and decisions along the way absolutely and and besides the nutritional aspects and, and the remoteness of it all and trying to figure out that what about um you know mechanical stuff what about uh, you know, bicycle stuff and, you know, just anything like that. Um, how many things like that did you have to work through? Well, I, I had to change my own tire a couple of times. I, I, you know, I've practiced at home. I've done it, but boy, it's sure different when, when you're on the side of the of an interstate highway, you know, we actually rode on freeway for part of the time because, um, if there's no other route, that's where you go. And, you know, changing your, your tire on the side of the freeway is a little bit different than sitting in the shade by your, in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably the worst problem I had is I, I couldn't shift off of my, my um, chain ring from the, from, the, from the big chain ring to the small one that makes it easier when you go up a hill. Right. It just would not shift. And the only way I could get it off the big one to the little one was to literally get off my bike, turn my bike over. And move it with my hand. <laughs> oh, that's fun. It, it really was not fun, but exactly. <laughs> you know, I had a goal to ride every mile, and there was no way I was going to get my my bike put on the van that day. I was, you know, I was going to ride my bike to Silver City to the next bike shop, but I was not going to not ride every mile. So, you know, I just you figure out what has to be done. To accomplish your goal and you just do it um, and you know you find a way I mean even if I'd have had to walk up the hills and coast down I would have <laughs> I would have because I wanted to ride every mile it was really important to me how important would you say your why for doing this was uh, it was extremely important um, you know that was a really valuable lesson to go through um, on LLU um, to, to to really think about a why, and you know, I came to I came to my why on the bike ride uh, in in April of last year. My mother passed away. Um, she was 86, and she got pneumonia and died kind of unexpectedly. And I'm 24 years younger than my mom, and the last decade or so of my mom's life, she was a little overweight for years like me, and she needed two hip replacements and two knees and um you know was walking with a walker and and I when she passed away I thought wow I am I am not that much younger than she is and what do I want for myself um um I I read a book called Younger Next Year that 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 talks about um, you can either go into a slow decline and um, become incapacitated by disease and disabilities, or you can make choices that will make it so that you can continue to do all the things you want to do for the rest of your life and go off the waterfall at the end. And and I was looking at my myself and thinking, wow, I'm in that, you know, that slow decline and heading for disability and disease and following in my mom's footsteps unless I do something different. And, um, you know, that, 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 that really, 
was why I really was motivated to get myself into a completely different physical condition than, than my mom was because I really want to spend my next 24 years until I'm 86 riding my bike, being strong, um, and, and being a good example of health to other people. So that's, the why, the, the why was huge. Well, you know, I just said it's excellent. And of course it's not excellent that, you know, your, your mom has passed and in, in that, but I mean, just your own realizations and decisions that you've made since then and what you've decided to do with whatever time, you know, you have left is, uh, exactly. is it's just excellent. Whether it's, none of us really knows whether it's just today or we get another 50 years, but whatever it is, um, I'm, I'm really glad that you did make that choice. And so let's keep this going. All right. So I got, um, so at some point, I believe you named your bicycle. Well, I wanted to. Wanted I, to. Okay. I wanted to, but I don't think I ever did. I never really became that attached to her. Okay. <laughs> I kept thinking yeah. I wanted, I want a new one. I want a faster bike. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. Well, let's look at equipment a little bit. So what kind of bike did you use? Because some people would be like, you know, what would it take? What what kind of stuff do you got to have? So if you don't mind as best you can, head to toe, you know, wrist, waist, what you know, apps, tracking devices, gadgets, uh, uh, you know, uh, helmets, bicycle, you know, uh, without spending, you know, 20 minutes on it. But I mean, is there a kind of a quick rundown of things that uh, you had or that you would recommend for someone who was remotely thinking about trying something like this? Well, I, I learned from the bikes that other people had on the group that it really didn't matter what kind of bike you have um, as long as it, it, it works. Um, of course, the lighter bike it is, the easier it's going to be to pedal up the hills, but there were people who had, you know, heavier touring bikes. Um, I just have a, you know, a bike that cost me less than a thousand dollars that I bought from a guy in a white panel van from Craigslist. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. I I I I, uh, I was worried about whether it was going to be the right bike for me, so I took it to a a, a shop that does that specializes in touring, and they watched me ride it, and they said you look great, it looks great, you'll be fine. Um, but they recommended I put some heavy duty tires on it, which I did. And, um, you know, I had, I have a little front bag to carry, um, essentials and some water cages so I can carry a couple things of water and, you know, you know, don't need much more than that. Um, I did get myself a little Garmin, uh, bike computer though, because when you're going on a, following a cue sheet, you need to know how many miles you've gone because you've got to make a, a turn at, you know, mile 24 and, so you need to know if you're where you're at. But um, I also like the stats. You know, I like to, um, at the end of the day, see how fast I've gone and um, what the elevations are that I climbed. How you know, um, because that's that's where you see improvement. Um, uh, in the beginning, I probably rode on the average of about oh, 12 miles an hour, uh, generally. And by the time I was done, I could I could ride. I did like 97 miles with an average speed of 16.8. So wow, that's that's you know I was failing. I was I started out one of the slowest riders, and I finished in in the group of the fastest riders. Um, 
and I was I was one of the I was the most improved writer, definitely in the group. Um, and and you know it's fun looking back over this over my stats that I have from my little Garmin bike computer to see to see that progress. That's so cool! Wow. Well, yeah, I think you had, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Garmin 510 or something. The Garmin I, 510. I, I, yeah. picked, I picked that one because you can wirelessly upload to your cell phone, and I didn't take, you know, I didn't have a laptop or anything. I just had my sure. cell phone with me, so so it uh, did everything without me having to lug a computer along as well. At, at the various stop points along the way, uh, you were always in a hotel, correct? Yes, we stayed in we stayed in a variety of uh, hotels along the way, and mm-hmm. the, the route was planned. Sometimes, uh, you know, the 107 mile day was that long because that was literally where it was from one crummy hotel to another crummy hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I know you described one of them. You said, "Well, I've, I've got a room to myself, but I don't know if it's all that great a bargain since it's kind of like the Bates Motel." Oh, it was awful. I had, there was a, pl- a plant growing out of the drain in the shower. <laughs> Sometimes it's there those was, things, though, that we remember the most, you know? Exactly. There was another motel in Fort Hancock that is so infrequently used that most of us, when we turned the water on in our shower, rusty water came out, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. They were yeah, glad to see you, you know, guys come in. Yeah, they were. You know, they they had a little bit of boom in their economy right when we came through. Right. <laughs> Not what I would normally pick, you know, in my daily life, uh, but, uh, you know, hey, I was happy to not be sleeping in a tent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you at least had a bed and stuff. And well, a shower. And a shower, right. Um, so well, going in, you probably had expectations about how you'd eat and what would happen with your weight. And... Pre-race, what were your thoughts as far as what you thought might happen with this, or on this journey with your weight? Well, I had been very um, successful in losing weight from the time I started with LLU, you know, constantly losing. And so expected when I was on the trip that it was going to be even faster run rate. You know, I was going to be losing even more weight. Um as it as it turns out, you know, there's a you know there's so much going on and and uh, uh, but you know every day I would look at how many how many calories I'm probably burning and you know I still I logged every day I logged what I ate um, didn't eat perfectly but I I ate um, what I felt like I needed to that day based upon what was available to me and that sort of thing. Um, and hey, you know, when it was somebody's birthday and they flew cheesecake from New York, I'm I'm having a piece. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I really kept in mind what you say about you can't outrun what you eat. Do you think that there were opportunities? Do you think that there were, you know, with the various, especially early on with the, with the foods that were available? Do you think that as meticulous as you were trying to be, and I I can't imagine anyone trying to be more meticulous than you were. You brought a scale along. You were logging your foods each day, and uh, you just did a fantastic job. Even with all that said, though, with the early on issues with the food, do you think it's possible that there were more calories coming in than what you uh, thought uh, to help explain why for you know a good part of the trip? Because it was about a 56-day trip. Is that right? 59. 59 days. Um, 
So we're looking at a little over eight weeks. What was actually being consumed might have been a little higher than what you thought? I think that that's always possible because it's really hard to come up with an exact calorie count of food that you're right. not weighing, measuring, and preparing yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, since that that sort of thing was completely out of my control, right. um, you know, that's completely possible. There was a point, because you rode the entire 3,100 miles. Not everyone did. How many of the 29 rode the entire uh, 3,100 miles? There were seven of us that did every single inch. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. And I know that at one point you had gotten picked up because it wasn't safe to ride anymore. But those of you who were going to ride every mile, I think you guys even have a, an acronym for it, EFM. Right. Every, every friggin' every, mile, right? Every freaking mile or whatever right. you want to say. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you got picked up, and but then you ended up getting taken back, you know, when it was safe yes. to ride. So you could cover the seven miles that you had missed for getting picked up when it wasn't safe to ride. Yes. We, we, were, we were prepared to ride after dark. I knew from reading previous blogs that this particular day, the 107-mile day, takes people about 12 hours. And, uh, you know, from sunrise to sunset, there's not hardly enough time in there. And so we had, I came prepared with lights and, and, uh, the, the two other ladies I was riding with, we had made a decision when she came to pick us up, we were going to refuse to get in because we're not prisoners. What's she going to do? Hog tie us and force us. You know, it <laughs> right. was important to us to ride every mile. So we were going to do it. And when it got dark, before long, there she is with the van ready to put our bikes up. And we said, no, nah, we're not getting in. And she says, I just can't let you do it. You know, the last little bit, there's a mile and a half long bridge and there's no shoulder and there's a lot of traffic and it's just not safe. I can't let you do it. So um, one of the other ladies I was with said, well, we'll make a deal with you. And, you know, if you'll bring us back to this spot tomorrow, we'll get in on you know, when she said, we'll make a deal with you, I'm going, wait, wait, don't speak for me. <laughs> I don't want to get in. But, you know, it was fair enough. And so she was willing to do that for us. So she knew how important it was to us. And, and um, we really appreciated that she relented and let us do that. That's great. And congratulations on riding every mile. That's That's so impressive. So, so very impressive. You know, it got it. It kind of was uh, worrisome as we as I got closer to the end because you know the more you have ridden every mile, when you get to that twenty seven hundred mile mark or twenty eight hundred mile mark, then I would think, what if something happened? And I and, and I, I couldn't do it. You know, I've got I'm getting so close. You know, it became even more and more important to stay focused and um, you know, make sure that happened. Yeah, with with every mile covered, you were more invested in you know in achieving the goal. So I I totally exactly. get it. Makes makes perfect and sense. There there would be days you'd ride eighty miles and you'd, you'd have a ninety something mile day the next day, and you'd get up going, don't know if I can do it. I am tired. My quads are burning. Um, this is going to be tough. You know, I don't know if I can do it. And you just get on and pedal and make it happen yeah just uh just just do it as uh, as nike says and uh, with that strong why and um 
you know, I think also just being, you know, 2,500 and 2,700 and 2,900 miles away from home, there's, uh, there's got to be an element there as well where you're just like, oh my gosh, every, I would think every mile you're just that one mile closer, one mile closer to, to reaching the you destination. Know, originally, I didn't even make any hotel arrangements at the end because <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to make it, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I made those arrangements uh, from the road one day. I thought, you know, I better, you know, because I planned uh, to stay five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I had a place the first the first night when I arrived because the tour covered it, but I had four more days. I better get myself a room. You know, I, I lacked that confidence in the beginning, but boy, I sure got it as I went along. So how many riders finished? Uh, we had one person quit after a week. Uh, it was too hard. No fun. Uh, but but uh, the rest, 28. 28. 28. Uh, Outstanding. So it so the journey ends in St. Augustine, Florida, right? Yes. How did so how did you end it? So how does it end? So you did the tire dip in the Pacific at the start. Yeah. How does it end and and how did it feel when you finished? When we uh, just arrived into St. Augustine, we all gathered at a fire station so that we could all ride in together as a group and we had a police escort who um led us with a car in front and a car behind and as we went through every intersection for the last five miles they stopped traffic and they had their little lights and sirens on uh, as we rode two by two um, up over a bridge onto Anastasia Island and uh, people along the route you know obviously uh, saw we were doing something uh, different and we would get a lot of waves and high fives and we felt like celebrities, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And as we pulled into the park at the end at the beach, a lot of family and friends were there cheering with banners and balloons and flowers. And um, um, we all trekked our bikes down to the beach and dipped our front tires in the um, in the Atlantic. And uh, boy, at first, you know, I lifted my bike up over my head because I wanted a picture of me triumphant at the end. Yeah, uh, that was a, such the, a cool picture. Doing the traditional bike stand. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize that was traditional, but I know when I saw it, I thought, wow, what a what a cool picture. That, that's you. You conquered the ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's that's just outstanding. So as you think back on it now, what are your feelings today? I'm interviewing you about 20 days after the finish. What are your feelings now about the journey compared to maybe what they were right at the end? Are you feel satisfied? Is it everything you thought it would be? Um, are you looking at the next thing? And if so, what's that? Just how do you feel? Well, um, I think one of the first things I, I published on my blog when I finished was, uh, wow, how can I top this? Um, because that you know it's pretty big, pretty remarkable. But I don't think uh, I need to top it. Uh, but I also um, want to maintain what I what I what I have. You know, I'm 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 empowered both physically and mentally. Um, you know, very strong physically. Um, you know, I want to I want to keep the things that I've that I've gained from the experience. Um, 
um, I know um, I can dream big and I can accomplish what I dream. I didn't know that before, you know. It's a, it's a big thing. Um, and I know that um, the difference between me and somebody else isn't that remarkable. I'm just, you know, I've, I've been treated kind of like a celebrity since I've gotten home um, at work. You know, people are stopping me in the halls, you know, at church, my friends. Um, I went on a, a recent trip, a recent 100-mile ride with my group here at home, and they had me, you know, read, lead the ride out like I, you know, like, well, you know, it's kind of an honor, but I'm not any different than any of them. You know, they all ride too. You know, the only difference between me and them is that that I decided to do something big and I did it, you know. Um you know, it's not it's it's not that remarkable, I don't think. Does that oh, make any sense? I know you're my guest, but I'm gonna have to argue. I think it is remarkable. I really do. I think it's a brass but it's, ring but accomplishment. It, but it's not unachievable. It's not it's a it's a very achievable dream, a very achievable feat. You just have to decide you wanna do it and do it. I, I appreciate your humility. I really do. But that's why I said I'm going to have to argue because uh, that's what that's what it would be for us. Because I, yes. I'm just going to give you credit like your others, like your other friends and your coworkers are in that you're right. Look, there are things that people do that are as big and bigger and all this kind of stuff. I get it. Um, and I, I really do. I appreciate your humility. And, um, you know, it's it's very becoming. But you know, I understand you did decide to do it, and you did it, but you rode 3,100 miles. And to me, the reason you were able to lead this 100-mile uh, little trek locally and the reason they put you up front is because you're the only one who's done it. Well, I will I will admit to that. Um, <laughs> Good. Yes. We, we, were yes. Ask, we were asking our guides, you know, how many people have this, you know. I mean, there was, you know, in the early days of bicycling, hardly any road. You know, there was a woman who rode her bicycle across the United States, you know, on dirt roads. I mean, that's, that's remarkable. But, you know, how many people over time have done this? Well, she says, well, you know, if you look at all the people who ride bikes, um, you know, that's still a real small part of the population. And if you look at people who have ridden their bikes across the United States, it's, it's a really small little segment, you know. It's oh very, my gosh! It's got to be know, incredibly small. It is small, um, but that's not to say that it's you know that if you wanted to do it too, Dave, you could do it. <laughs> you know what? No argument from me there. Yeah, honestly, I, I I get it. It's really that's why one of the things I asked early on. I said, you know, what was your why, and 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 how important was it to have the why? And yours was really strong. You were absolutely committed, and there's a huge difference between commitment and intention. You had turned it beyond, well, I intend to. Well, it'd be nice to do it. Well, it sounds good. Well, you know, whatever. Um, you, you turned it at some point, whether it was quick or just over a period of weeks and months, you turned it from, that sounds interesting, it'd be nice, which is where a lot of people live as they say they're, they're trying to strive toward goals, which isn't going to work. You moved it from, it'd be nice, to, I'm going to do it. You decided to do it. You made the commitment. Your why was strong. And from that perspective, I won't argue with you. If it was something I decided to do, um, I do believe anyway. You know, I could get injured, something can happen, but I do believe, barring something like that, that I could do it. But, you know, 
that's uh, there's all kinds of different crazy out there, and you're well, my kind of crazy, and you're one. Of, you know, it's like a marathoner where I say you guys are nuts, but I but I, I admire and respect it. It's that kind of a crazy where you admire and respect it, and uh, it's not something that I want to do at this time. I don't know if I ever would. It doesn't cross uh, my radar, but uh, how how impressive that you did it, and I just think it's fantastic that you did it for yourself after giving so much to so many uh, for so many years. And, and continuing to do so. So um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to thank you in just a moment again, but is there anything you want to say to anybody listening uh, about anything before we kind of wrap this up? Well, I think, you know, you're right about that was my, that was my goal and my dream. But, you know, for anybody, don't be afraid to go after what your dream is and what your why is, because, the only thing that limits you is yourself. You know, you have to step away from all the I can't or um, what if and and start looking at your cans and your wants and 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 the you know the I can um, mm-hmm. make make your dreams happen. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for taking the time to share with us your incredible story of pursuing this worthy endeavor and persisting without exception. Uh, I really do look forward to working with you in your health and fitness journey uh, as it continues, and I'm I'm sure we all look forward to hearing about uh, you know your your rides as they continue. And I just want to ask this. I'll just ask this as one last thing: Are you still riding? Are you do you still like to ride, and do you think you'll continue? Oh, I do. I do. In fact, I I think I'm my 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 big goal now is to circumnavigate the United States, to the the West Coast, the East Coast, and the Northern Tier. So, oh, that's I'm awesome. definitely not done. Well, that's a that's a I think that says a lot about the the journey itself. And even though there were there were trials and tribulations and challenges along the way, after making the 3100 mile trek and 59 day hike across the country, the fact that you still want to ride, I think just says a lot about how positive and, and uh, empowering the, the journey was for you. And I, that's just great. So I just, again, want to thank you for your time and we will be staying in touch and we'll see you on campus. All right. Thanks, David. You bet. Thank you for listening. This is David Greenwald of Leanness Lifestyle University. For more information on programs we offer, visit leannesslifestyle.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-S-S lifestyle.com. I look forward to working with you personally and through the wonder of an inside-out transformation, helping you to not only turn your body, but your life around.